Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Thin Air podcast. Uh, today's I'm hopeful for. I'm both hopeful and a little anxious. Um, what I'd like to talk about today is something that's sort of been rattling around in my head for the last couple weeks, and I've been trying to gain some sort of definition as to what exactly it is I've been thinking about. And um, recently, I, I feel like I've been getting closer and closer, and so today is the day I'm going to just try and get this out into a podcast. So, uh, the topic of this one is uh, something that we have touched on in earlier podcasts, but uh, I'm going to title this one, You Are What You Do. And, uh, alright, so where to even begin here? I guess I'll start by sort of retelling a little story that happened recently that was sort of the seeds of this um, most recent uh, thinking about this concept. It's, I mean, the, the you are what you do is something that I have sort of sort of known or felt for a long time, but this really sort of uh, put a big exclamation, park, exclamation mark uh, at the end of the thought. So about a month ago now, uh, along with my two business partners, uh, we went out to Las Vegas for a trade show. And I am not a fan of Las Vegas in general. It's uh, just not really my scene. Um, so it was kind of begrudgingly that I went at all, but the idea being that, you know, we'll get some work done and uh, we'll also get to have a little bit of fun. But it turned out that we were basically locked up in a off off the strip casino. It was about 30 miles outside of the strip in this just ginormous building, uh, sealed in there for four days, basically, with only, you know, maybe stepping outside for a few minutes at most, uh, kind of in the pool area, but just being sort of trapped in this whole uh, world of that casino, hotel, and conference. Um, The conference itself had a diverse assemblage of people, many of which were um, very well-to-do financial people and investors and lawyers and business people and uh, senators and sort of that upper crust, I guess, of uh, the business world all kind of coming around um, this conference. And on the first day, you know, I kind of went into it like, yeah, you know, we're just going to sort of be there, we're going to take it in. Um, none of this is very impressing to me as in terms of these other people. Uh, I'm just going to kind of be a spectator and just sort of uh, go with the flow. And uh, by the end of the trip, however, I found that there was this sort of progressive um, immersion in that environment and especially the people that were um, that were there to, to interact with. And uh, there's there's a lot more to the story that I'm just going to kind of save, but long story short is, you know, I got uh, really sort of drawn into this whole, uh, I don't even know, um, conspiratorial, uh, suspicious, uh, you know, everyone was sort of there to scoop each other out as far as, you know, what they were doing, and it was hard to trust anybody, and it was just all these little games and these conversations, and uh, you really couldn't you really couldn't trust anybody, and you had the feeling that everyone was, uh, the term that was used was smile-fucking each other, that, you know, you you go out to dinner, you have some glasses of wine, and, you know, everyone's friendly-friendly, but at the same time, everyone is just sort of plotting. You feel like you're in ancient Rome. <laughs> at least I did. And so by the fourth day, you know, I found myself 
uh, very concerned with um, or or just finding myself playing this role that I never really thought I would fall into. And, you know, being overly concerned about, you know, the wrinkles on my shirt and like what my appearance was sending in terms of, you know, who I was and what, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it all became this game and I was playing it. And I think that, uh, you know, probably playing it fairly decently. Um, but nonetheless, it was this sort of shock that here I thought that I was uh, sort of above those types of games and that I was this... Uh, you know, <laughs> sort of go with the flow kind of guy that really wasn't involved in anything and could just sort of be uh, an observer. And nonetheless, I found myself playing this role. And, um, you know, the end of the trip on day four or five or whatever it was, you know, we went into the strip and uh, the whole culture there is 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 so disturbing. It's so distasteful because it is the... I don't even know, the consumer, uh, <laughs> consumerism to the nth degree. Uh, everyone is just judging everyone else by the shoes on their feet and the watch on their arm and the clothing they wear and all of the stores and these boutiques just impress on you this idea that you are only worth what you can afford and uh, who, you know, the role that you can play. And uh, it's so distasteful Yet I found myself um, just strangely looking into this display window at this set of clothing that was on a female mannequin. Um, the mannequin being similarly proportioned to my wife. And it was in this high-end boutique and these just ridiculous clothes. They probably, I mean, the whole outfit was probably several thousands of dollars. And, uh, you know, I was looking at this and I was thinking to myself, you know why not? My wife deserves this, you know? She she deserves all the niceties on this planet, and if I could provide that, what would be what would be so bad about that? And uh, again, just sort of this, like, shock that I could be taken in. Um, obviously, I wasn't fully taken in, but still, you know, that you, you find yourself in an environment long enough, and you play that part, and uh, you play it fully. Um, and that, to me, was just very strange. And so tying back into this kind of this concept of you are what you do, I guess the deeper uh, feeling, uh, the realization here is this um, notion that despite our preconceptions of ourself, that we are this person and this is who I am and uh, a lot of being young is... Uh, or coming of age is this finding yourself and, you know, finding who you are in society. And, uh, you know, it's this spiritual, but really not spiritual type of quest. It really is finding the role that you can play. And, uh, most people find that role and they, and they play it and they think that that is them, that that is somehow an expression of who they are. Yet what this really impressed upon me is that, who you are is largely a product of where you are and who you're with and what uh, circumstances are around you and what you have to react to and what game you have to end up playing. And I had this, this real feeling that the pieces of myself that I value in terms of who I am or who I think I am and my ability to just <laughs> usually just let things uh, you know slide and never get too wrapped up in anything and just sort of enjoy it and find the simple pleasures and that kind of thing 
in a large way is a product of just my environment and living in this in this beautiful little town with a lot of friends who don't have a lot of struggles or competitions or uh, it's it's a very easy uh, life to ride bikes around and drink beer and play in the garden and play with your kids and uh, there there really aren't any major uh, conflicts. And so, uh, you know, you get this idea, or at least I have, that, great, you know, this, this is who I am. This, my, my living and my lifestyle is a reflection of who I, who I am. And something like this occurs, and you have to question that a little bit. I mean, how much of it is who you are, and how much of it is what you do, what you are doing? And I think those are pretty different things. Um, so that was sort of the seeds of this concept, and... Um, I think what I'll try and do now is just sort of skirt around the edges of it and, uh, kind of think through some other little things that I've thought about recently that are interesting that all relate to this idea. Uh, the other, you know, the other tie-in to this, this line of thinking is the fact that I myself have gone through a pretty big transformation in my, um, I think my personality and my uh, outlook and uh, a lot of things uh, over the course of the last two years or so working on this project that I, <laughs> you know, I have to bring up as a little part of each of these uh, talks. Uh, last night, my my wife slept on the couch because she was so mad at me for reasons that I couldn't even wrap my head around. Um, in my failing to do something, and uh, that has, you know, that had never happened before, and a lot of it is being caught up in the stress of uh, deadlines and commitments and trying to do way too much at once while not making any money, while it's just this whole thing, but I've been progressively going into that farther and farther, and you can't go back the way you came to a large extent. Uh, and that, that's this whole thought that it, it's, it's kind of silly to think that we are a person acting a certain way. And really it's that you are acting a certain way uh, in response to things that really go beyond any conception of who you think you might be. Uh, and, that, and, that, and that's really kind of un underlined that, that it's, it's who you think you are. So the idea of us as a person is, is sort of our image of ourselves and we have our favorite image of ourselves that we carry around and it sort of informs our uh, thought process yet uh, the the actual happening is very much this process that we've been talking about again and again of things unfolding and uh, you are who you are but it's not who you think you are you just are this thing that is doing these things and um in the end, everything gets done in a grander uh, structure that you might not even be aware of, yet you were a uh, agent of action for. Uh, by which I mean, I was I was struck again. This is a thought that I've shared because I love it. But when you get in an airplane and you blast off, and you're suddenly, you know, a mile or so above the ground, and you look down. Uh, you don't see individual people. Uh, you see this whole structure, this whole 
network of roads and uh, parking garages and um, you know farmland and just that that whole tangled web of our our human existence that spreads across Maya, come here. Uh, spreading out across the surface of the planet, and you look down, and you and you just see form. You don't see individuals. You don't even see actions. You just see form. It's like looking at a a growth of lichen on a rock. And for all intents and purposes, in our thought process, we see it as this one mass, and we know that there's little cells in there. But it's this whole thing that is that is what we would call lichen, or even a plant. You know, you look at a plant, and you say, you know, that is one thing that does this thing. And we know that there's cells, but it's not like we think that the cells are doing all this with intention and, um, you know, they have different opinions and they might decide that they're going to uh, be something other than what they were grown to be. And uh, in, a, in a similar way, I feel like the human happening is happening. And it's less about who the people are, just that the people are. Um, to put this in another way, another one of these thoughts that sort of orbit around this concept is I've always been struck by the, the, the reality that at any given point in time, there are people that do things uh, to get an advantage over other people. And usually in a negative way. There's always those people. I mean, when there's a credit crisis, when, when someone opens a little exploit where people can now start making more money by, you know, creating bad loans or whatever, you know, people are going to do it. Uh, whenever there is a political, uh, you know, opportunity for a political overthrow, you know, someone is there to be that uh, leader of the rebellion. Uh, there's, there's always these people and you have to wonder, you know, is it that particular person? Uh, how can I put this another way? I've always thought about how, you know, the upper, the upper crust of society, these rich people, um, you know, can live their lives with such a... Uh, a feeling of supremacy over everyone else and to be born into a you know ultra ultra wealthy family you just sort of take it for granted that that is your place in life everyone else has their place in life and in another way you can kind of see this with how we feel about people living in the third world it's like you know that stinks but that's you know everyone's kind of born in their place and uh you know the the rich man, the king in his castle the poor man in his uh gate uh, the God, God made them both and ordered their estate, that type of type of sentiment. But, you know, why is it that I wasn't born an ultra-wealthy person? Uh, why was it that I wasn't born a uh, third-world beggar? You know, how is it that I just happen to be in this place, and everyone just happens to be in that place? And how could we think that there was any real difference between people? Uh, man, this is really hard to convey. It's like, you know, if, if, if that one rich guy wasn't there to do that, you know someone else would be. And a lot of us think that, well, I wouldn't. You know, if I was in that position, I would do the right thing. I would, uh, you know, I would be the voice of the <laughs> the underprivileged. And I wouldn't, uh, you know, profit off of things that hurt other people. Um, you know, and the people that do are bad. Yet, all those people, they didn't ask to be in that position. And I don't think that they're bad people. They're just doing what what is done in a position like that. I hope this is making some semblance of sense. I, I'm not really doing a, an excellent job of capturing this. Maybe I'll just try a, a third, third time's the charm, right? Uh, you know, trying to tie it back into this, uh, this 
main little core. Uh, this idea of you are what you do is also that the people that just happen to be the movers of history or whatever, I mean, the, the revolutionaries, the, the, uh, even the people that, that exploit someone uh, in the Enron scandal, the CEOs escaping a, you know, a, a scandalized company, all of this stuff that you would think uh, you are a better person than them. Like, I, I would never do that. I mean, how could these people do that? Yet they all do that in that, in that position. And it's the idea, again, you know, trying to make all of these things sort of come together, that when you fly over uh, a city... You just see the city. You just see the the roads and the streets and the neighborhoods and this uh, this whole form that looks just like the back of a of a tree leaf. Um, really, I mean, go go find. I guess it's fall, but you know, find a, the back of a tree leaf, even a, a fallen tree, and look at the cell pattern and see the neighborhoods. I mean, see the subdivisions. It's the exact same form. It's the same process happening. And so the, you know, the analogy that I'm trying to make is that you pick up a leaf and you look at that structure and presumably throughout that whole structure, you could identify the same types of individuals in these different places. You know, the, the, the individual cell that, that resides at the nexus between where the, the thicker veins meet the stem, you know, that cell is going to function in a different way that is different from the ones around it. And, you know, maybe that means it's going to be taking more energy while the ones around it die. And maybe that means it's going to be, you know, producing more of one uh, <laughs> enzyme than the others or, you know, whatever. But the, but, the, but the end result is that everything is doing exactly what it, what it does to create that form. And so, that, I mean, that's what I'm really trying to drive at is that... Uh, you can be living in a hippy-dippy neighborhood and riding your bike and smoking pot and uh, drinking beer and, uh, you know, really doing not much of anything and think that that is, you know, who you are and that's a product of this, this soul, you know, that you have and this core of identity and whatever. But really, you're just, uh, you know, on the tip of that leaf. And for whatever reason, should you uh, get swept up in some current and... Uh, end up in Las Vegas, Nevada as a retail salesman or whatever, uh, you know, you're going to start functioning in a completely different way. And you're naive to think that you're going to continue being that other function when it really is, uh, you know, the, the process that you are a part of and not the individual that you are causing the process. Uh, does that, is that making any sense? I'm asking myself <laughs> rhetorically here. Um, just another like random example. I have a. I just saw my my best friend recently uh, out in Texas, and he in the last couple years uh, got this job. He used to work at home. Used to be sort of you know master of his own domain, so to speak, and uh, you know just sort of doing his thing. And he lived a certain way, and everything was what it was. And then uh, for whatever reason, he uh, he and his wife decided that. You know, job security was needed and benefits and all those sort of adult concerns. And so he uh, entered into a career and went through this uh, this training and is doing all this. Uh, uh, he went through this like six-month training and ended up finding himself in a position where he had to be a authority figure to old truck drivers. He had to tell them what to do. 
And I remember talking to him in those early uh, conversations. He's like, man, this sucks. Like, I hate confrontation. I hate telling people what to do. I hate, you know, these, these old guys just telling me, like, fuck off, kid. And, you know, just like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, it, it's not me. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's such a difficult position and something I'm not used to. Okay, flash ahead two years, and now he is a perfect asshole when he needs to be with these old truck drivers. You know, he's, he's done it. He's, he's filled this part. He understands what he needs to do. And now he, uh, where he once was just a very, you know, genial and non-confrontational, uh, type of person. Now, when the situation calls for it, he can be an asshole and he can say, no, man, that's your job. You got to do that. Like, yeah, I know I'm 30 and you're 50 and you've been doing this for 20 years, but you're going to do what I tell you. And I mean, that again is this, this, this idea that it's not him. It's not, uh, it's not anything other than playing the, the part that needs to be played for your situation. And I guess to even, you know, wrap this more into this whole, you know, human story, it's the idea that a, a kid, a child could be born on a trash heap in the third world and that is life. That is the game. That is, you know, you learn the ways to eat. You learn the, you know, how to do all these basic life functions in this just crazy uh, context. And uh, you see that and it's like, wow, you know, people can survive anywhere. Uh, People can fit the role that needs to be played in order to keep this whole game going. And that same kid, you know, could be yanked off his trash pile, brought to New York City, and within you know, five, ten years, whatever, could be playing an entirely different game with an entirely different set of set pieces and an entirely different uh, personality based on that. And I guess, uh, you know, what is is the point here? Um, It just, to me, is fascinating, I guess, that uh, a lot of the times, I guess here's where I'll try and make it relevant, you know, I think a lot of the times people feel guilty about who they are and what they're, what they do. And they wish that they could change and they want to, you know, self-improvement and uh, the re- the whole reason that there's a self-help section at all, you know, this, uh, this person who works a, a hard job and has to do these things then comes home and takes out his frustration on his family or, you know, like whatever that might be that needs this helping from it's this it's this feeling of almost guilt in this like personal failing of uh you know not being a good person in some way and in in a large extent i feel that people should be absolved of that uh that sin because i don't think it is the person i think the person is a product of the the situation I know that probably sounds awful, like uh, no one's responsible for anything, and anyone can just do whatever they feel like at any time, and, you know, I think people <laughs> people already do that. Um, I mean, it's it's not so much that you you can be bad, it's like, just feel okay with who you are and, and what you're being, and if anything, the way to change to change something about yourself is to just change what yourself is doing. I think that might be the only thing that could actually result in in a uh, personality change is to, is to, is to move, is to quit your job, is to get a new set of friends, is to, you know, to change the surrounding and you change the person that you are, but it's not the other way around, I don't think. Um, yeah, you are what you do. Um, 
I know I've mentioned this before, but it's worth just kind of throwing in here. Um, the very word person uh, comes from the uh, Greek stage plays where before they had PA systems and microphones and they had actors up on stage trying to project to a room full of people, they wore these masks that had you know, a, 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 a sound hole in them that was sort of uh, fluted like, a, like the end of a trumpet. So that on their face, they actually had these holes that were uh, shaped like a horn almost and would amplify the sound. So the idea of a persona, uh, per is like perforate, it means hole, and sona is sound. So a, a, a persona is a, is, just a, is a sound hole and it refers back to these masks that actors wore. So uh, when you looked at the, the list of characters to be played, you were looking at the list of personae. Per, you know, a person is a, is a character, is a mask, is a, is a part that's being played. That's the very definition of the word. That's where the word came from. And I just, you know, offer that as interesting because we take that word person to mean the whole thing that person is. <laughs> you know, I, I just use the word again. Uh, you know, we use it to stand for something as if it were the real thing when it when it should be more properly addressed to the role that's being played. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> what does it mean to be a genuine person, <laughs> you know? But again, just this, this idea has been on my mind a lot lately, and uh, it's been hard to shake. And I've been seeing it on, on every, every person that I come across, just the recognition that, especially people that you've known for a long time, and they're just always changing, and they're always, it's not, it's not them, it's just the, the situation and the circumstance, and it's probably the same way that uh, young lovers can be in a situation and get married and love each other, and then somehow, through whatever um, you know, process, uh, things the, the people change because the roles that they were playing are no longer compatible because they're in different, uh, different worlds. And um, you, know, you, you can really start to see and understand how, how things like that happen. It's not, a, it's not the failing of the people. It's, uh, it's that people are people. And I guess a relationship then is, is really... If it's, if it's grounded only on, I like the role that you're playing right now. You know, I, I think that's cool. I like that you, that you do this, that you act a certain way. I mean, if it's that, then um, it's, I think it, it's always going to be subject to hardship because that is something that is constantly moving. It's like falling in love with a shapeshifter because people are constantly shifting shape to, to match the, their surroundings in that sort of puzzle piece kind of way. And then if uh, instead the relationship is really based on just a, a companionship and that, you know, I mean, even our marriage vows are, you know, I take you in sickness and in poverty and in, um, in health or, or you know, <laughs> um, you know, high and low economics, high and low health. Uh, just I, I take you, I take you, whoever you are, whatever role you play. You know, that, that's really the sense of those marriage vows. And I don't think people typically uh, really... Uh, are resonating with that uh, in the same way an arranged marriage in a in a country that has those as their base unit of male female coupling you know arranged marriages uh, who knows what the uh, what the passion and the love and the what the whole thing is like but the, but they last forever to the extent that a woman will throw herself on her hu- on her husband's funeral uh, pyre uh, should he die before um, she does. 
you know, in a, in a traditional Indian relationship, that was a thing. I mean, that person was a stranger to you before you married them. And if two days later he gets hit by uh, an elephant, uh, it is your duty to, uh, to, to kill yourself. And, um, you know, that, that is a commitment not to the, to the person, not to that, to that role, but to the, the, the union, to the, the thing that exists beyond whatever role is being played. And I don't know, I think that's, that is uh, just sort of a powerful, penetrating knife through this whole kind of concept that, sure, this thing exists, but, um, you know, if, if you're looking at, if you're looking at yourself as a spouse, uh, you know, like, married to yourself, if you're married to that idea of yourself, that you are a certain way, and that you act a certain way and that you, you know, you are this person, if that's the, the image of yourself that you're clinging to, I think it's only going to result in frustration. But if you, if you are married to just that, that you-ness, just that, you know, I, I am what I am and I, I say yes to it, uh, it's that same, it's that same power that at that point, regardless of whether you are a raging asshole, alcoholic, uh, bastard, you know, it's, uh, it's not, it's not absolving people from saying that that is just, you know, disruptive and negative, you know, and like that whole thing. It's not, it's not an ethical thing at that point. That's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not the ethics of it. It's the, the identity, the, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out what about this current line of thought is so, uh, striking right now, but it sort of is, I mean, it, it cuts through, uh, you know, the marriage vows cut through this, this sort of, uh, you know, thorn that has been kind of itching me in my side the last, uh, you know, year or so of, uh, trying to hang on to an identity and instead not only accepting yourself in that sort of straight line piercing, like, yes, you know, no matter what, the high and the low, the, the ups and the downs, like the, just the yes to yourself and then the yes to the people in your life, I guess. Uh, the, the yes to your situation, whether you're living in Vegas or you're living in um, a, a cabin in the mountains. You know, it, it's yes to that too. It's, it's, it's yes to everything that makes everything okay. And uh, man, whether or not that can actually be felt and, and uh, realized is another story, but... I, th- I think there's some some nugget of truth there, because um, uh, I mean, in that in that sense, this whole idea penetrates a whole nother layer of um, philosophy, and we're getting back to just that idea that uh, this whole thing is the one um, the one actor that plays many parts, and it's not about saying yes or no to the villain or the heroine; it's about saying yes to the play. And, um, yeah, I guess that's, uh, the best I'm going to be able to walk away with here is that, uh, for all, for all my frustration, for all my feelings of failing as a, as a person, uh, I'm going to say yes to the play and I'm going to see what this act has in store. I'm going to see what the next act has in store and whether it's a comedy or a tragedy or an action or an adventure or, uh, any, any dramatic unfolding um, I'm going to, I'm going to trust this director because I think it, <laughs> this director has done some great work. Uh, all that I am familiar with has been from this director and there's a lot I like. So, uh, 
Uh, with that, uh, cut. <laughs>